And welcome back to Quarantine and Chill. Uh, we are a podcast that just talks pretty much whatever we want. I am your host, Jordan Wiegand, and I have our co-host, Matt Hartgrove. What's up? And Logan Stump. Howdy. The trading teacher <laughs> is in the house. So today's topic, we're ta- going to be talking the stock market, and Logan's going to share <laughs> his... <laughs> His uh, buys and sells. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're actually talking How I Met Your Mother, the divisive show. Um, we're going to go over top five episodes, top five quotes, and um, probably our complaints with the show, too, just because I think this will be a shorter show, I think, than the Friends ones. But um, yeah, but before we get there, uh, the. DH in the National League, for or against? You guys are the only uh, National League fans I know, really. So let's 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 go there, Matt. I'm against it. Okay. Um, I like having. I, I like actually having the difference between the leagues. And I know, I know people don't really like watching pitchers hit, but I also think it, it's a more strategic game, especially when it gets to the later innings. But then, I also understand that the counter argument is that. You know that it allows more players. I know for the Phillies' viewpoint, it's actually probably better if they had the DH because mm-hmm. one of their top prospects is like a power hitter that can't really field. Um, they ex- expect him at first base, which is where they have Reese Hoskins, who's already their first baseman. Um, so I like I understand the, the positives of it, but I've always you know growing up with the DH and, and non-DH and just having that interleague play have a different element is something I always enjoyed. So I. I I really would prefer them not to have the DH, but I know that they still will. Logan. Yeah. I, it's always tough for me. Cause I go back and forth on it. Um, just depending on the year, I think, but the last couple of years, the Cubs have been much more suited for a DH. Um, just never had that chance. Um, but it just depends on the team, I think. Uh, but the, you know, right now the Cubs are built for, a DH, so I, I welcome it. Plus, I hate to. I the one time that I remember was uh, um, one of the Cardinals pitchers went down big time um, a couple of years ago, and I was like, man, just I've never had one of our starting pitchers go down like that. But just then, be a crappy way to have a pitcher go out um, trying to run a base or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I'll miss the excitement of seeing a pitcher bat when because for me it was always the odd experience because i'm an american league fan so like for me it it really only really seeing that like when we go to an nl park or you know watching the playoffs but uh i'm also i i literally saw people say they will stop watching baseball with that and i just don't get it uh (laughs) Because yeah, like I understand it, but it's also just like sometimes it felt like tradition for tradition's sake. Yeah, because really, like I wouldn't want to 
have like bases loaded and the pitcher come up in like the second inning because they're not going to remove the pitcher like two innings in either. Yeah. And yeah, so I can see both sides of it really. But um, as an AL fan, I'll say that uh, it is, I, I like the DH. So <laughs> I think it all depends on really where your team is a lot of times and people. And like you said, I've also seen the reactions online, like here's Logan, where they're like, well, my team, it's very suited for it. So for right now, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we have, I mean, we have Schwarber and Left, who kind of scares me sometimes. So I'm like, I mean, that and plus it, it allows you to add one guy. It allows you to, it allows you to add one more guy in like a trade or an offseason that, that mm-hmm. you know, always contribute. being a big market team. Yeah, you could really, you could buy somebody really huge to just fill into that spot and that's why i always was jealous sometimes of the american league teams um other than that how's everybody how's everybody doing um sorry logan is it me yeah it's up to you okay uh you know pretty much the same work's been actually pretty slow um so I've been playing a ton of video games because um, I got Jedi Fallen Order and Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. 3 on Sunday, which was That's great. Right. Um, I've actually started both because I, I just can't play one game. Um, I don't know why. I just I need to play more than one at one time. Uh, so I, I, I have played Kingdom Hearts 3 the last two nights um, after I finished Zepho in Fallen Order. Um I love both the games. I, honestly, the, the Kingdom Hearts 3 one is incredibly... I, I think the graphics on the game... Oh, it's beautiful. Others, it's, it's amazing. Um, Storyline is still confusing as all hell. Um, <laughs> I still can't. I have to spend my day going, all right, there's Xehanort, there's young Xehanort, there's... All right, and then who's, who's this guy? Um, so that part's still super confusing. Um but I think if you've played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, like, you, you don't need to do much else with the game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got through the first land, and just comparing it to the first Kingdom Hearts game and remembering what those graphics look like, it's been amazing. Um, even just game gameplay itself is so much smoother. Uh, so you just got done Olympus, is that right? Yeah, I got done Olympus and Dark Worlds uh, with Riku and, and Mickey. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So I just got to Twilight Town. Uh so I'll probably play. I might play that a little bit tonight. I actually have a trivia thing at eight after this. Oh wow! So, uh, What's that for? Uh, something. Uh, one of my uh, friends back home. There's like a trivia thing, and so uh, I'm gonna do that. And that's probably gonna take until about nine forty-five ish. So Jeez. might play a little bit more Kingdom Hearts. But Fallen Order is amazing too. It's just super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Um, I remember texting Logan my frustrations. That was probably around. Uh, that was like right before my injury too. I think I was playing that in like uh, January, right around uh, New Year's. I think is when I was really playing that. And um, brutal. It's 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 annoying because as long as it's not like a big boss or like a a difficult animal or whatever like creature that you have to face, like I can play on the second level. When it's just stormtroopers, but then the moment it's anything other than a stormtrooper, I'm mm-hmm. like dead in two hits, and it takes forever to respawn. How about the trolls? I don't think I've have I gotten to them. They might be in the second. They're they're on Zepho. Maybe it's the second time you visit them, but they're like huge. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think I've faced. I don't think I've faced a troll. I, I, I don't know, know what they're just, really called though. It's, they're not really called trolls, but they kind of just remind me of like these big like mountain troll type things. Yeah. Yeah, because the main thing I've faced is the ram. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, the rats. I faced a troll. The rats are the I. They scare me. Yeah. It's like I walk into some like dark cave, and then all of a sudden I'm getting hit by a rat, and I'm like, I don't know where you came from. The worst part is like you you really get into an attack and there's like an in between where like you can't attack because he's like trying to gather himself and then that's when that damn thing goes after you and it just kills you. It's like oh now now you can't attack me. Watch this. It's like all right, well you suck. <laughs> so what part of the story are you in? Like what have you seen so far? Like uh, re- remind me like what's the so like, what's after uh, Zepho there. Well, after, so I, I got through Zeppo, which, like I said, like, that took, like, two days, because there's yeah. so much. Um, and it, it goes, pissed me off so much, I didn't want to keep playing at some mm-hmm. points with, with Zeppo. I'd be like, yeah. come on, I gotta get past this part. Yeah, because, like, you get, and it's, like, normal land, and then all of a sudden, you're going into a tomb, and then after the tomb, you're back on, like, land, and then you have to, it's, and then your helpers aren't much help, they're just chilling at the ship, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. suck. Like, at least Donald and Goofy helped me in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, we just got like they. I just so left Zepo, so I'm supposed to go to Kashyyyk. Um, oh, okay, okay, yeah. That's where I think like a Wookiee is that I need to talk to. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tarful. Yeah, yeah. So I I just got to there. I'm trying to. I'm doing walkthroughs on my laptop though, so like that's also kind of difficult. But I have to keep mm-hmm. going to my laptop and going like, okay. Like now, I, I don't know. That's what I did too. I was, yeah, I was I like, too. okay, if I ever got stuck on something, I'm like, okay, yeah. or, or I just go and like when when I look at like IGN or whatever, and I go to I what use, yeah. when I go to what planet they're on, I would go on my phone, but I would just kind of like scroll down and be like, okay, how long does this level look? Oh, I'm still scrolling, so it's gonna be a long one. Or sometimes it'd be like, oh, yeah. this is short. Okay, I'm good. I can knock this out or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it, like the graphics are amazing, and I think like my favorite thing is when the stormtroopers are like standing away from you and you know they're gonna shoot so you just like they fire and you immediately uh, deflect it and it just hits them it's like it's such a cool move but like at the same time there's so much i don't know like that pulverizer part that i texted you guys about was pissing me off i had no idea what to do because i didn't see it's like a wall that you can run on like the the force run or whatever it is like i didn't see that so i was just sitting there and i would slow the pulverizer and I'd just be like knowing it's going to squish me in two seconds. And sometimes the slow wouldn't work. So then you just like run past and I'm just like standing there and I just get destroyed. <laughs> it took me like 10 minutes. Oh, there was a part that I fresh that did some frustrations on on our podcast about. Because there was a um, there's a part where like coming up, I think, for you. I forget what planet it was on. It may have been on Kashyyyk, but like the second time I go to Kashyyyk or something. But there's there's a part where you're like supposed to press a button and then immediately jump on these vines and then it makes the machine go to the other side mm-hmm. where then you can jump off and every time I'd, I'd watch videos and people are doing it no problem and i would go on there i'd be like i'd press the button and then try to run to the wall and it would already be gone and i'd be like what the hell i'm doing exactly <laughs> what they're doing in the video and then it <clears throat> one time it just did it for me and i was like oh thank god 
I know. It's like it's it's like a game that I feel like when I play it, I'm like, I better be ready to spend the next two, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like. I was like, okay, am I in the headspace to get pissed off? Yeah, all right, fine, let's do it. Because I haven't with Kingdom Hearts, I haven't gotten pissed off at all. And it might be because it's just a simple mash like the A. Yeah, button it's easier. Or the yeah. X. But like I'm I'm literally playing on the easiest level and I'm like the villains are fine. It's everything else that's pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we can get into... Oh, and just let you know, uh, a cool link here with Tarful, because I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he is... Um, when Yoda is on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith, and he says goodbye to a Wookiee and to Chewbacca, and he takes off in that little pod after Order 66, Tarful is the other guy with Chewbacca there. Oh, nice. Yeah. We haven't heard about Logan. Oh, yeah, Logan. Sorry, Matt took up all the time. Logan, what have you been doing? <laughs> no, I like Fallen Order. Um, no, it, the Fallen Order, it has me. I, my blood was boiling just listening to Matt talk. Um, but, no, uh, I've just been working. and then Teaching and trading. Teaching and trading, yeah. That's it. That's all it's been. I like it's the been. Mr. Feeney picture. Yeah, I know. It had, to, it had to happen. I was like, that was like so many... You had had, like... That was in the same day, I think, you had changed it from you on the porch or whatever to yeah, boats. boats. And then yeah. to Feeney, I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I was like trying to find like a picture. I was like, what, is, like, how could I, what could I do as far as like, a teacher? And I'm like, oh, Feeney. But then when people tweet at me, I, I, feel, I do feel kind of weird when I tweet back at him. It's an old guy that probably, you know, who knows? Yeah, and if they haven't <laughs> seen, they haven't seen Boy Meets World, they're like, I'm following this old guy. <laughs> And it looks like uh it does. It looks like a really old picture that you took back when like you were teaching and it was a portrait, a school portrait. And so I'm pretty sure there's a couple of people that probably think I'm this really old creepy guy. Um so that's well, they're a... right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, that's what I do. I just sit there and wait for people to sweet at me. Um no, but other than that, school's done next week, so that's exciting stuff. Um and then summer starts which is, will, it'll be the exact same thing i've been doing so mm-hmm. yeah not too much going on here yeah i mean i've been streaming pretty consistently as much as i could um and... how'd your interview go like oh the interview went great yeah, yeah the interview went great he was a uh, really cool guy just very it didn't feel like i was talking to somebody famous you know he was just felt like I was, and if, for people that don't know, I interviewed Colton Dunn from Superstore, and uh, he actually wrote for Key and Peele as well on their Did sketch really? show. Yeah, and he used to write huh. for Mad TV and stuff like that. But if anybody's huh. ever seen the valet drivers sketch uh, sketches from Key and Peele, uh, he wrote uh, some of those, and he was nominated for three Emmys while on the writing staff with Key and Peele. So, so we talked to him about that and. Talk to him about the show and, um, you know, uh, asked him if he would want to ever direct an episode. He wrote one last season. So, you know, just kind of stuff like that and um, <clears throat> making sure he's, uh, you know, safe and everything with what's going on. And he just had a child, so we asked about that. So it was great. We had him for about an hour. So that's going to be an, a nice, like, 55-minute interview or so Dang. Uh, on there. So that was, that was great. He's cool on the show too, so I, that that makes sense, I guess. Just how yeah. easy and laid back. I'll, I'll he give is. a little preview here. I asked him, could 
with with Amy leaving the show, who's the manager, I asked if uh, could uh, Garrett fail upwards like Office Space, um, and uh, and become a manager because he has that work ethic of of mm-hmm. not really giving you know any f's. Yeah. And he said he said he hopes not because that'd be more work for him on the show. So, <laughs> it was a very Garrett answer, actually. So I recommend uh, whenever that's up there, it's probably going to be next week because I'm uploading mm. one this week. But our podcast is called The Break Room. Um, yeah. Anyway, how much your mother? <clears throat> um, we have our top five episodes. We have our top five quotes. At least I do. Top five quotes. <laughs> Uh, I noticed a trend with my quotes, and I noticed a trend with my episodes. So we'll uh, we'll get into those trends. But I guess overall thoughts of how you discovered How I Met Your Mother and uh, where it kind of ranks, I guess. I don't know, because uh, I think Matt's the only one that actually had it on his list. Yeah, I, I to be fully honest, I don't remember where it was on my list. I actually have it on my phone, I guess. But um... I can pull that up. Hold on. Yeah, I know it was it was definitely one of my top ten shows. How I, in all honesty, how I discovered it, I I actually don't remember. Matt, it was number five. Yeah, like I, I don't think I can remember how I discovered it though. I, I it probably was just, I know honestly, I was probably watching CBS one night and I probably saw it and enjoyed whatever I saw, and then binged the, the heck out of whatever I had missed by then. Yeah, how late into the show, do you know? Was it fairly deep in the run? Because, I mean, we were watching the last season together at uh, at Chatham. Yeah, the fact that it aired in 2005, I don't think I was consistently watching TV <laughs> until high school. So, uh, I'm trying to think of what <laughs> I saw on DVD. I would have to say I, I probably started watching it on television in season three. Okay. But I, if I had to tell you what episode, that's way too long ago, and I'm, my memory is getting worse by the day. <laughs> how about you, Logan? Uh, when did you discover this, and uh, how late in the show's run or whatever? So mine was uh, right around the time Matt said, and I think it was my, my freshman year, sophomore year. Um, I, I think it was – I remember I definitely saw the first two seasons on DVD. Um so I think, right, like what Matt said, I think third season. Um, but I think you guys are a great older than I am, so maybe I was in eighth or ninth grade. I don't remember exactly. Um, I'm actually my, probably two grades, I think. What year did you graduate? 2011. Yeah, I graduated in 09. Yeah. I graduated in 10. Yeah, so I'm... There you go, we're 9, 10, 11. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how old we were when we were watching. No, um, yeah. <laughs> we were... <laughs> yeah, so I was like right around high school age. Uh, like Matt said, was when I really started watching TV. I remember my... I think my dad started watching this at first, and he didn't really like it. Um, but I kept, I kept going after that because um, I would like come down and see bits and pieces of it. And then I think once I got into high school, I understood more of what, because most of it revolved around Barney at first, and mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of his jokes were very um, above me at that point. I just don't think I cared too much because um, at that point in time, I don't think. That's when you really start to understand what crude jokes are. Um, so I think that was definitely third or fourth season. Um, and then I remember what sucked was I hadn't caught up on the season, so I couldn't watch it with you guys. So I remember, like, 
I remember not being able to watch it with you guys and That's having right. to go elsewhere during that because I was a season behind you guys. So, but yeah, that's how I, I, that's what I remember. So I guess uh, I, I started watching at the pilot actually on TV when it when it first came on TV. It <laughs> makes me feel so much older. But uh, I was yeah, it was freshman year back in two thousand five to two thousand six. So that first season was right in my freshman year of high school. Friends had just ended, what like a year before it? Yeah, mm-hmm. they, I think Friends would have ended. No four. Yeah, it yeah, was so right. It, it was before. pretty much. It pretty much was like a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think people were even trying to call it the next Friends at the time. You know, six yeah. friends in New York, and that's why I kind of got into it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I also as a freshman, I was like, well, I mean, I guess I have a very romantic. I don't know what am, what am I trying to say. I'm I'm a. What is that called? Like uh like Ted. I'm kinda like Ted. You're a hopeless the... romantic. Yes, there we go. Hopeless romantic. <clears throat> I almost said romantic <laughs> idealist. I was like, that's not it. But <laughs> <laughs> but um so so at that point too, uh, just to be completely honest, I had I you know didn't have a girlfriend until until my wife. So um yeah, we actually were married, then became boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh we were boyfriend and girlfriend, then became <laughs> husband and wife but like uh so i don't know i always thought like hey in high school i'm probably gonna meet somebody and you know you you start thinking that stuff and i'm like oh this is cool he's telling the story how he met his like the kid's mother and like that's very romantic and there's like all these clues built in through it as you're watching and i was like i really loved when we got to the end of that first episode and the twist was robin was not the mother um because i think a lot of people expected that to just really the story for the pilot and then it just kind of follow them. Um, so I was really, uh, I really enjoyed that type of twist. And, uh, you know, then later on in the show's run, you get to all of these clues and you start trying to figure out like, well, who can the mother be? Oh, you know, and, and it really was a whole different perspective of what could be comedy. Like a lot of the sitcoms at the time, you know, we're like Friends and Seinfeld and stuff like that, where they didn't really have a lot of continuity, as we kind of talked about in our last Friends episode, where Ross has, like, different birth dates, and he's, like, 29 for two years in a row or whatever. Like, you know, like, that kind of stuff, like, doesn't happen in in How I Met Your Mother, because they're they're so good with the continuity, and they even do, like, the, the non-linear storytelling with it where they go and tell different people's perspectives at different times or they, mm-hmm. you know, um, do a whole different style of, of an episode uh, with flashbacks and they'll, or like a flash forward that kind of gives clues to where these characters are and we have to wait to that episode to get to that point. Like that, that was just so really innovative. And really, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of times shows with laugh tracks get bad um, reputations now because a lot of our shows are not with that. But really, I feel like the writing specifically through seasons one and two, which I think are better than than any friend seasons that I love as well, is that it, it was clever and it was very deep and it was, you know, just much more, it seemed like a higher elevation than just network comedy. 
Now, eventually, it does kind of devolve into stuff where they kind of get to a point later in the show's run, I feel, where they don't know where they're going with it because they probably didn't expect to be on for nine years. So there's times where it's stalling and, and you know, filler and stuff that like that. But overall, you know, like I really enjoyed that aspect when we first started watching of the, I think I watched it with my parents for the first episode, but I think most of that season I was watching it by myself and my parents caught up later on DVD. Um, I, it's funny though. I do have a memory of <clears throat> watching the episode where, um, Marshall's on the bus in season nine. Um, <laughs> uh, and actually Lin-Manuel Miranda's in that episode, but, um, where he's on the bus that was playing in the cafeteria in, uh, in the Utilidor while I was working one day and I was like, Oh, I have to catch up on this episode. Like mm-hmm. I was going to watch it like the next day anyway, but I was like watching it, but you can't even like, I was sitting close to it, but you still can't hear anything. Cause the, the volume is not really turned up really that much there. So I'm just like watching all this stuff and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but like, that's just one of the episodes that sticks out to me from the college program watching on the, uh, you know, in Disney world while working. <laughs> you wouldn't think they'd have CBS on. <clears throat> no. <laughs> oh man. I already lost my voice. Okay. <clears throat> Going good for 30 minutes in here. Okay. Um, I guess we can go with, uh, favorite episodes. Uh, or what did we do last time? Yeah, we went episodes then quotes, right? Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Yeah. And we went uh, individual, like Matt, you gave your five, right? And then that's how we went. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we did. Yeah. Okay, so we will start with. Uh, let's start with Matt. Top five episodes of How Much Your Mother. Okay, so uh, in all honesty, most of these are pretty much from the beginning because I I kind of agreed with what you said uh, just recently that the show. I think has such a strong start and then it does struggle a little bit more toward the middle, late, late middle um, where you kind of just can tell there's some episodes where I think their best episodes are better than friends best episodes, but their worst episodes are worse. Yeah. Are worse than like any episodes in friends. And I mm-hmm. think there's some where you just go, what's, what's really the point here? Um, but it, it's definitely tough. I, my list is a little on the fly here. Um <laughs> Uh, but I would say the my number five episode was probably the Monday Night Football one. You're kidding. That's my number five. <laughs> um, Season two, episode 14. I think it, it. what I enjoyed about that episode was, uh, you know, back in 08, 09, I'm still big into sports, but I was like really big into sports. But I loved how there's something about like the storytelling and how I met your mother with mm-hmm. how they kind of go back as to what's their big days. And I love the Super Bowl. It's one of my favorite days. Um, and I just love watching how important of a day that is to them. And then to watch what they do to make sure they don't see the Super Bowl. But then in the end, you know, they end up, most of them had it spoiled for them uh, in the end. But I think just watching the storytelling of that episode is one of the reasons why it's it's, it's such a good episode. But I, it has a lot to do also with the Super Bowl portion of it. I just love the Super Bowl, and I just love how much they enjoy the Super Bowl. They're very um, clever with it too, I'd say, because look, this is a this is a story where you know he's telling his kids 
about the Super Bowl and what year would this have been? 2007, right? 2000. Yeah, for season two. And uh, they obviously couldn't know who would win it at that point. And, and you have Ted just mentioned that, uh, you know, he doesn't even remember who won it because that wasn't the important part of the story. So I like that they did that because, you know, sometimes shows try to like predict it or just throw teams in there or be like very obvious that they don't know who wins it but like in this case it was just like try not to be spoiled on it and and uh you know ted old ted just not remembering it uh my highlight here is i love ted going into the bar with the um goggles on and him just like yelling uh for his order or whatever and they give it to Mm -hmm. him it just ted's great i love ted (laughs) Um, number four would have to be, it's similar. It's a sport one. I'm sure it might be on one or both of your lists, but it would be perfect week. <laughs> it's not on mine, actually. Uh, no, it's not on mine. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't know what it is. I think watching that episode, I love Jim Nance. I think that's one of the best mm-hmm. cameos in the entire show because he's literally interviewing Barney as if he's playing a sport when it comes to sleeping with different women. Even to the point where he asks them if he used performance-enhancing drugs. Right. I, I just love how they connected all of it. I don't know how they connected sleeping with seven random women to <laughs> a sporting event. And then they even threw in Nick Swisher is in the episode, too. Mm-hmm. And there's – I don't know. It's I, I do think Barney evolves so well over the show. Even though, like, he still has he still has his tendencies, but he definitely grows as time goes on, especially toward the end when he starts to, you know, actually fall in love with he falls in love with Robin, and it's not they're not on my favorite episode list, but in season six when it starts with the the wedding and then ends and they you spend the whole season not knowing who the wedding is, mm-hmm. yeah, and it ends up Barney and Robin, um, but I I love that episode. Jim Nance makes that entire episode for me. I could watch that any any day um also that's season five episode 14 just for the knowledge and that's an episode that's 10 years old now (laughs) that's insane that's insane uh number three the number three episode i'd probably have to go with it's actually not it doesn't have to do with sports but i the three days of snow Mm -hmm. oh yeah from fourth season um Mm. that one again has the the way how i met your mother does storytelling where they can make things that happen over a course of years seem like one storyline. And then in the end, it all comes together, though. So, like, you think it's all one time frame, and then all of a sudden, it's it's not one time frame, and you see it at the end of the episode. I always loved the little things they did in the show, even if it was something that happened early in a season, and then it, it goes brings it all the way back in, like, season seven or eight. Like, they mention one little thing. Um, I mean, even, for instance, the slap bet, which I love the slap bet because it's, they constantly like it's not just kind of forgotten about right right they, it's brought up yeah they, it's brought up consistently and like even to the point where that i think i i don't remember which if was slaps giving like that wasn't the final slap no but, slaps giving was just the season after slap bet uh but they did slaps giving too i think didn't they yeah but they like the other thing they do though is that you know between what it the part about it that I love was that they made it into like the countdown started at the start of the season, mm-hmm. and then it just like continues. Um, yeah. 
So that's that's up there. Uh, it's really like it's it's really difficult because I have so many in, in the beginning that I just really enjoy. So there's probably some that I would put in my honorable mentions. Um, but one that I honestly loved was another one that's very similar to that, but it's the Ted Mosby Architect episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that similar to the same thing where you go through the entire episode wondering like wondering why Ted's doing this. Why is he like cheating on, on Robin? And it's so convincing. But then at the very end you realize that it's been Barney the whole time. But the episode yeah. doesn't the episode doesn't really make you think that. I know it, it does sound more like Barney, but the episode does not make you think that it's Ted, that it's Barney doing all of that and that Ted is being the kind of the I guess the man in this equation, like he's the one cheating. Um, I love the ending though when you find out that it really was Barney and I love the little goodbye letter he he writes where that's his way of getting out of it and saying that he's like a ghost who could spend one day on earth. And, yeah. <laughs> um, Cause honestly early season Barney has some of the best lines and like best things just between the high fives and legendary and just some of his quotes, how he just doesn't seem to have any cares to what he says. He just does it even to the whole point of, you know, have you met Ted? Um, so that was definitely, uh, that would be number two. And then number one would be the pineapple incident. I think, the pineapple incident episode made me love the show at the very start in season one. I think that sh- that episode just kind of shows what the show's going to be. Um, even though you have like the, the Liberty Bell episode prior to it, uh, the pineapple incident, I love the whole thing that you just don't know what happens with the pineapple. And I, the thing I loved about that episode was Ted wakes up and he gets some of the story. And then like, you kind of think it's over and then you're like, you find another clue. So then he calls the phone and he hears it ringing and Barney's just in his bathtub. Sleeping. Right. And then Barney's like, yeah, you thought you were done, but you, you know, this is what happened next. Um, and then they consistently just get more and more of the story. And that, that was always my favorite episode that I ever watched. So I have, I have two of our, uh, I have two of the same then. And then they're both number five and number one. Um, so I guess I'll go, and then we, and then I'll concede it to Logan after that. But uh, my list is Monday Night Football, Season 2, Episode 14. We already talked about that one. Slap Bet, uh, Number 4, uh, Season 2, Episode 9. Um, as you were saying, just about how that is something that continues on throughout the show, I remember you know, going on message boards and stuff back then and people trying to guess when the next slap would be and all that kind of stuff. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, and it does pay off, you know, throughout the course of the show. So I really enjoy that. But also, uh, it's just a funny episode overall as well. And we get the Robin Sparkles. You know, you get hmm. you get so much stuff built into that episode that really pays off later. The, the um, Robin Sparkles, I think, what I love about Robin Sparkles is I actually, that's another thing they continue throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like a quick little mention because... It's not, I don't think the episode's that great, but when they find the video with her in uh, Glitter, mm-hmm. where they're like, it's the sexual innuendo yeah. of that, that whole episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kept that one on my DVR for weeks, because I was just yeah. like, I loved watching their reaction when she's like, how's your beaver? And then like Barney <laughs> and Ted are trying not to lose it. Yeah, um, fun story about Slapbed, actually. So like, I was really big into the show back in, 
you know, the um, high school and, and stuff. And I actually somehow introduced this to my creative writing class. And uh, I, I, I don't know how, if I just introduced them to the Let's Go to the Mall video, but that became like a joke within our... Um, Within our creative writing class, we only had a class of like five people anyway, but it was, we were always singing that song or watching that video and, and stuff. So it was great to be able to pass that on. And I have very fond memories of that whole episode because of that. Uh, my third favorite I have is uh, Brunch, which is season two, episode three. I just love the the storytelling aspect of this. I love how everybody's in an argument, uh, too, and you kind of get these different stories breaking off, you know, where you start off in kind of like the middle of it, and then it kind of explains how we got there, and everything starts to just make sense as you're going. Um, season, uh, number two on my list is The Limo, Season 1, Episode 11. This is an episode I just watch all the time, because the DVD... As I already said, number one's the pineapple incident, so that's episode ten of season one, <laughs> and season one, episode eleven is the limo. I would just always watch the one with the pineapple incident, and then it would go to the next episode as the limo whenever I watch these things, and I just started like it started going, and, and again, you get this whole like story of them going to try to find the best party, and it gets derailed, and you know, like um, you have Barney with his get psyched mix and how it's all rise and, and, uh, you know, it gets stolen. And then you have the, the, the not Moby, you know, and all that. <laughs> um, just a really good, really good episode. Um, and the pineapple incident number one, uh, is my number one favorite. Always has been my favorite since I've watched it. Nothing has come close to it when it comes to that episode in this show. Just again, it's it's at it it's at its best in this episode. The storytelling, the constant reveals, quotes. Um, we get drunk Ted. You know, we we get so much uh, good things in that episode, and it really just. If I had to show anybody an episode of How I Met Your Mother, it would be the pineapple incident, and I think that might get them hooked on the show. Uh, one thing I want to say about one of your episodes, Matt, with the Ted Mosby architect. I almost chose that one to be on this list as well. Uh, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's just so perfect how it sets it up. And then you see these quotes again, a different way when it's revealed to be Barney, you know, Marshall's line, this yeah. isn't you, Ted, you know, work says, Ted, you're not acting like yourself. And then Marshall really telling Barney, you're not Ted. And this isn't what Ted would do. You know, like it really plays that, perfectly and it's, it's fantastic but um so that's an honorable mention for me yeah for sure i mean like that, that's what the like the best part about the show i think was that those episodes instead like i don't feel like they did a whole lot of cliff episodes but instead they did they did episodes where there's just such like a like a hidden meaning especially like like barney's proposal to robin like that you have such a thought process that it's this is how it's going. And then all of a sudden you realize that, or no, maybe it's not that one. It's the, I think it's the playbook one where it's the, the scuba suit. Like you, you don't really understand the scuba suit. And then that's the whole point. 
Like, right, you're not right, supposed right. to. And then in the end, you're like, so everything in this episode made sense. Like, it comes together, and I think that's what they did best with the show. Yeah, it was just, you know, they're like, how can we take, you know, the six friends trope, or I guess five really is all they have in this show, right? How can we take these 20-something single friends in New York and make it uh, more modern for that time, you know? Um, Because a lot of the plots in Friends, when we look back at it, have a lot to do with stuff that doesn't really exist anymore. You know, we have so many things with the voicemails or with pagers and beepers Mm. where, like, some stuff happens because of those ancient tech, you know, where, where... by the time, even though How I Met Your Mother is only a year later, you know, in season two, they're recording Monday Night Football, you know, that Monday Night Football episode, they're recording the Super Bowl on, like, DVR. It's not even on tape at that point, I think, right? They, they do have some tape stuff that they deal with, but, like, we start getting into cell phones where they have a whole plot about how they don't know how to text. Texting doesn't really even come up in Friends. Like, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, even though it, it, it's really crazy how fast everything started to move, technology wise and and also how they kind of brought it like stylistically wise too like this show wasn't typically it was filmed in front of a live audience i think but what i've read is that most of the time it was filmed in the front of a live audience after it was already filmed you know what i'm saying like they would play it for people and get them to watch it because of how many cutaways they had to do all of this stuff that really changed how they had to film this you know because friends you know like they would do a scene and they would do that scene for you know like an hour or two until it was done and they'd move on to the next thing while how much your mother constantly has these different layerings where people wouldn't get the joke when they're filming it out of order the way that they are you know so that that really changed yeah i don't know it was just it's really brilliant specifically those for me first two seasons like i said are some of the best things um i've seen when it comes to sitcoms like that how about you logan your top five yeah so uh number five is no tomorrow that's the saint patrick's day one um when barney and ted go oh out. yeah yeah um i it's love that girl. episode because it's like nothing can go wrong for ted um but then everything goes wrong so like kind of a karma thing and he thinks that, you know, he can get away with certain things and then he gets punched by the girl's husband or fiance or whatever he ends up being. Um, that's season three, episode 12. Just is, that, for, uh, yeah. is that the episode where Barney's like, you can have this one? He's like, okay, no, yep. I want that one. He's like, yep. I want both. Right. And he goes, you can't have both. And he goes, well, yes, I can. <laughs> and then the guy goes, but then it, like when they flash back, it's like Ted's like, oh. They're, they're so much, and when he goes, they're so much better in there. And he goes, he's like, actually, guys, we can't let you in. And he goes, why not? And then they're like, because they, you have the girls with you. Otherwise, I'd let you in because there's just too many girls in here. Um, <laughs> and the ratio is like off balance. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's leave them. <laughs> so that that's a good one. And that's when he finds the umbrella. Um, yes. And I, that's like the point when, because Ted's like falling off and he's like, it's taking him that long to kind of realize that he's going down a darker path. Um, which is really good. And I love that, that ending when he looks over into the corner after he's been punched and, and, you know, he goes in there. Um, and then one of my favorite parts is at the end of the episode, like if you keep watching it, it's Barney getting up out of the dumpster <laughs> and he's like, where am I? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good one. Um, so that, that's my number five. 
Um, number four, like a lot of those were in, ended up being on your list. Uh, slaps, um, the slaps giving, um, the first one, um, that's my number four. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm watching it now. Like, so I think I'm on C I'm in season seven, like halfway through season seven, like watching it now. Um, and the one just came up where they started slapping Barney again. Um, so, so slaps giving is season three, episode nine. Yeah. Uh, number three, I love, I actually love the pilot. So number three is the pilot. I think it's one of the best pilots. Like when I look back on it, I'm always like, like the first season's usually a rough go, but like their first season is like all my favorite episodes. And their consistency um, of bringing Rajit back all yes. those times too. Like after yeah. that's rare with filming a pilot and then bringing mm-hmm. back somebody that did the pilot. Cause sometimes those things get recast it later yeah. or like, you know, people try to tend to try to forget the pilot sometimes. So that is, right. yeah, something then, that sticks out for me. Like the other two, the, my first, my top two are actually like not reasons why you would think you'd watch How I Met Your Mother. And I think that's why I like it so much is because it like this first, the my number two is like the first time that you realize like it's a lot deeper than that. Um, it's um, Come On, which is season one, episode 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end. That's the finale of the first season when all this stuff's like been going on with Ted and Robin, Ted and Robin, are they going to get back together or or, are they going to get together? Are they going to, you know, finally do it? And he does at the end and he finally gets together with Robin. um, And then he goes back and it's raining and he's like, this is the perfect day. You know, what else could, there's nothing else that could ruin this day. Um, And then he goes up to their front door and Marshall's sitting on the step um, with the engagement ring um, that Lily gave back. So that was like, that, that was the first time you're like, Holy crap. Like, it's not just, because the whole time, like the whole first season, is just hilarious. Like, there's it's one after the. That's how. That's what was crazy about re- rewatching it. Is and I texted you and Matt, and I was like, man, this is like, this is like back to back to back to back. All the really good mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. And it's hard not to put like the bracket one in there, and it's hard not to put, you know, the different one. Like the interventions a really good one. Naked man's a really good one. Um, uh, lucky like, penny for me. Yeah, lucky too. penny's really good. Yep. Um, but there's just so many good ones. And then number one, um, which is, uh, this was hard. Cause I was like, there's so many that could be the top. Um, but number one would definitely be, uh, Swarly. I fucking love that. <laughs> I almost <laughs> that, put that in that, there too. I That's love that so much. Um, just the crazy eyes. Hey, and, Swarls. Yeah. <laughs> Swarls Barkley. Is anybody? Is Swarls Barkley. <laughs> and then goes over and goes, Ted, he's not here. He goes, but remember that one. That's a good one. Um, so that's a really funny one. Um, I like uh, but... I like his reaction to finding that where he's like, they're reading the coffee cups. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think, is it Ted that has the number or is it Marshall? It's Marshall. Because that's yeah, when he's like thinking then, about getting back together with Lily. And then you see Barney and he goes, see, all mine says is Swarly. <laughs> and he goes, no. No, 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 no. Don't you call me. Don't you. And he goes, but then, like, and then throughout the whole episode, he's trying to convince them that he likes it. And he goes, no, I hate it. Because <laughs> Ted goes, man, is that, is that new tuck? Is that Moroccan? And he's like, yes, Ted. Whoa, I'm impressed. And then that's when Robin calls the, the bar and it was like, is Swarles here? Anybody seen Swarly? Is there uh, a Swarly? He goes, you weren't interested in my suit at all, were you? <laughs> Great episode. Yeah. But I did want to talk about one episode before we got off episodes because yeah. I know I know Jordan, this is one of yours, and I know Matt, this kills you. Um, it, like uh, the uh, bad news one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With Marshall's dad. Like, I just watched that one last night, and I, I got teary. I mean, I've seen that so many times, and that choked me up last night again, because I was like, that whole time, because you know the episode's called Bad News. Like, it, it just like, but you're expecting bad news, but they keep getting over supposed to be the pregnancy part yeah Yeah, is what you're usually thinking yeah they keep getting over like each piece like oh lily nope not lily oh marshall oh it's not marshall and then they find barney's doppelganger and then they don't think you know and all these bad news and everything keeps happening and then they keep getting to it and then finally it's happy and then at the end when marshall leaves the bar it's like god like that's <laughs> that's probably the worst episode that just like the best thing about that episode is the countdown. Have you guys noticed that at all? This was I, very big and when it mean? first came out. I only I noticed it. Well, I didn't know about it until I read about it, and I was like, oh my god! Like that's it's it's almost like ingenious. It's like such a small little thing that they did, but now that I now that once you know about it, you can't not notice it. What is it so, again? So if you don't know this, uh, Logan, this will this might make it even better for you of an episode. So the countdown from bad to the bad news to when Marshall gets the bad news his parent his, his father had died is starts at fifty and it starts in the very first scene. It's on a pamphlet in the doctor's office, and then as you go, what? as you go down yeah. through the episode, it gets to. Number one, which is the number of the cab that Lily arrives in. No way. Yeah. I like these goosebumps. And the the two, yeah, me too. (laughs) The number two is on the clock in Marvin's workshop. And there's an open till 3 a.m. sign at McLaren's. Four layers of the uterus, you know, like all this stuff builds up to then, bam. And then on the, oh, I didn't even know this part, but this is even more chilling. On the parking meter, it says expired. Really? Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's the uh... holy cow. There's a whole list of them. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I don't remember when I, I I remember watching that episode and like the thing is is that you you do expect the bad news to be about the pregnancy and so you're just mm-hmm. kind of like you're watching it and it's normal and then like I think even I'm reading it here on I mean it's Wikipedia but apparently Jason Siegel and Allison Hannigan were not told what the final scene was gonna be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Because Siegel said the original script had Lily saying she was pregnant, but on the scene's actual shooting day, the producers said that the scene will turn out differently. He and Hannigan wow. worked out a plan wherein Siegel would only know what his cue to react would be on Hannigan finishing her line with the word it. And the scene was only done in one take. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a... Um... Gosh. Yeah, that was a uh, big story around the time too, and I'm not sure if it was in a um, uh, like an interview afterwards where they talked about it, or if it was in the commentary or something. But this, like this show got major press because I remember all the celebrities that wanted to be on it, um, and all the names they've pulled. Like, I mean, I know some of them are just because they're CBS affiliate, but like just looking through all the names and all the people that had been on the show and like passed through the show and where they are now and who they become. And it's, it's, it's like, geez, this whole, this show was like, I mean, it was pretty big. And I remember it being on entertainment weekly and stuff. I remember it being all over. Mm-hmm. And I remember people in college, like they did the Edward 40 hands or whatever it was where they yeah. do the malt liquors to their hands. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They really did. And I had a roommate that did it. Not kidding. Um, my freshman year um where he duct tapes this but like 
I just remember it being such an icon. Like our college posters, like our college, like um, common area, it was full of how I met your mother, like jokes and, and all sorts of stuff. So like this had a huge like impact. On the way Here's something interesting, too. I didn't know. Marshall's father's death was foreshadowed in season four, The Fight, when he is missing from the Erickson family Thanksgiving dinner in the three to five year flash forward. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even think <laughs> about that. Yeah. There was um, another one that I read about, too, that was like a, I forget what it is. I'm going to have to find it. But there was some kind of, like, hint as to, like, I think it has to do with Ted. I'm going to, I'll find it. Matt, you can go ahead. I'll find it. I think some of the things that I, I loved about it, and it, it happens a lot more in the beginning. And I will say like with the quote wise, I don't really feel like I have the problem with the quotes is I felt like friends had more quotes. Whereas this one that has better one liners. Yeah. Um, or, or some of the things that like I've thought about with quotes is that there are certain things that the show did where you were like, I know it, it's not really a thing, but like you get the hot crazy scale and you get like, there's different things they said, like, um, there's the like the uh the ducky tie or no that's not but there's the no ducker ducker rabbit the ducker rabbit like there's certain um things that the show did where you're like i know this is kind of out of the blue but like all of theory it it makes yeah like it makes sense and then i i think the thing i loved about the naked man episode again it's not like one of my it is an episode i don't think i'd put it in honorable mention but like I think the thing about that episode that got me like kind of go like, oh, that's actually really smart was the two out of three times is not really talked too much about. Like the one person says, yeah, it works two out of three times. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, it doesn't like two out of three times. But then at the end, it works for Ted. It works for Lily. It doesn't, it doesn't work, work for Barney. For Barney. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like two out of three times. And I'm like, damn, like I know that's such a, not maybe it's not big to the whole show or episode itself, but I love the fact that you stuck with the two out of three times because it it worked on the episode two out of three times. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's something that is very uh, again, it's just clever. You know, they're just very mm-hmm. clever with what they're doing and and the attention to detail. Like even when like in one of the fast forward scenes when. Uh, when they're going to watch the trilogy, right? And they bring um, uh, uh, Lily and Marshall have a kid, I think, at that point. But you mm-hmm. see Barney's hand is underneath of his leg because that would reveal if he had a wedding ring on or not. You know? Yep. So, like, the attention to detail and stuff like that, when a lot of these shows at that time didn't have that type of attention. Uh, like, it really reminds me of, like, um, Arrested Development for me, which is my favorite show. That show was so awesome at continuity and attention to detail and so many background jokes that, you know, don't even get your... It, that you don't even catch until your third or fourth viewing. That's what, you know, these... That's what How I Met Your Mother reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Um, and again... Uh, We'll probably talk about it a bit, but it, it does lose its way for me a bit later on. But uh, when I look back, I, I try to look back fondly at just like the the glory days of, you know, seasons one and two for me are are the pinnacle. Seasons three and four are probably next. And then it kind of just, it probably goes in order if I had to do favorite seasons. Probably like season two, then season one, then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> you know, like, like it yeah, probably reading, goes in order. <laughs> like reading the episodes, just like, looking at them and remembering some of them just between the different things that happened, you know, season three, 
you have wait for it. We're not from here. Third, mm-hmm. wheel. like mm-hmm. it starts off with Gael, and yeah. like yeah, I, yeah. I thought he was hilarious. Um, but then you start continuing down, and you get slaps giving. I remember the Yips episode. Um, yeah. The platinum rule. Another thing like they just kind of introduced the no tomorrow ten sessions. Um, the bracket, which is also like, I think that is such an yeah. underrated episode because I love the. That it looked that made me want to do that like with a friend group, like just not find out who slept with Barney, but like you sit there and like make a bracket out of something and and try your best to figure out who would win. And then, like you said, though, it just I think what happened with the show really was partly it's the they didn't maybe didn't expect it to be as popular as it was, but I mean, that I guess maybe we don't know, but they they really did try to make the characters kind of grow up where you started seeing like you do see Barney start dating, you know, first it's Robin, but then um, he kind of goes back to being Barney. But then I don't remember the name of the girl he dates. The like He dates Nora. Like, Nora. Nora, that girl. Like, yeah. like he kind of starts becoming more of a, you know, I guess not like grown up, but like he does start to go away from his normal ways from the beginning. Um, and, you know, Bar- like Marshall and Lily start to become even more, you know, through marriage and like eventually with kids and i mean they, they kind of had to make the characters grow up but i guess maybe that in a way the comedy of the show wasn't as yeah, I, yeah. Like, well i felt in my in my opinion the comedy got less witty and smart and became more standard it was kind of silly like silly stuff. yeah humor at times where like you know where they kind of become um I, I I can't really place my finger on it, but for me, that really starts probably around the time of seasons four or five for me, where it starts really getting like there's less gems in the season than than usual. I still love the show. I still love watching those episodes. But like when I go back to rewatch right now and I try to forget about the finale, I I typically stay in that seasons one through three range, you know, typically. Um, I, I don't go too far outside of that. Um, but for, cause it's like, for me, what I don't, I like that they gave Barney more depth. I appreciated that. But part of my problem with that is that one, they made everybody try to almost like fight over Robin, you know, really looking back at the whole Robin and Ted thing and Barney and Robin thing and knowing how it all ends just upsets me even more, to be honest, because they said they had this ending plan for, since season two. That's when they filmed the kids' reaction. It was, was in season two. So they knew that they were going to get them together with, with, with Robin. One, the show had evolved since season two, though. Like you mentioned, with, with Barney. They probably had no idea they had all this plans with Barney because Neil Patrick Harris was acting much above what Barney usually was. Um... So I feel like in that regard, they didn't allow themselves to just create a new ending because the show had changed. They wanted to just stick with what they had already planned. Uh, so one that adds the weird wrinkle of Robin and Barney are, are toxic for each other. We see that in season whatever it was, five or six. Mm-hmm. But then eventually we get that change where then they're perfect for each other. And then we get build up to this wedding as you mentioned matt i think it's season six right with the yeah, first yeah. 
first yeah. wedding part. Then the finale of that shows it's Barney's, and then like the finale after that shows it's Robin's, mm. and then and then we spend a whole season in season nine there, and then halfway into the finale they are divorced. What's What's the point of that? The reason why they had to divorce them is because they already had this ending from season two that they're like, we better stick with it. And that means Robin gets together with Ted. And for me, that just wasn't interesting at that point. Like, we had been told numerous times by Ted that he was over Robin. And I get that's probably him just trying to tell himself that. But he had, you know, they tried to drill that point home numerous times. And they were like, telling us multiple times, this isn't the mother. Well, what's their workaround on that? The mother dies. And Robin's divorced, and then years go by, and now he can actually get together with her. And for me, that was just very strange, because they were just trying to stick with something they already had written. Yeah. But they didn't take in any account that Barney had changed. And and Barney and Robin were probably... Well, one, if you did know that, why'd you spend the whole final season at the wedding? I get that that's mm-hmm. like a cool, different way to tell a story. But ultimately, that wedding ended up meaningless to everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the worst thing about it is the the mom that they end up finding. I thought was like perfect for Ted. Oh, she was. Kristen like, Malati is. Great. I, I thought she was perfect for Ted. I liked her. I liked the. I loved. I loved the one. Uh, per, like I don't know if it was. Was it How I Met Your Mother's? Was there was there writers that put that one up on YouTube that was like the alternate? That was or on was, the DVD, and then okay. people put it up on the YouTube after that. Yeah, yeah. So like that ending would have been like that's how it should have ended. And like that, I would have been okay with that. Like I would have been totally okay with how that ended, where he meets her at that station, and then that's you know that's how. See, it I ends. don't think that was an actual alternate ending. I don't think they came up with that until people threw a fit. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I commented on the Reddit subreddit for this, right? Because people were were pissed. I was pissed. But uh, and I'm usually not. I'm usually very easy to please with finales, like like we've talked about Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm usually very cool with that. Lost. I loved it. You know, people hated it. But for me, um, what I commented, though, on on the subreddit was I was like, I I get that this is their story to tell. And I'm happy they stuck with whatever they wanted to tell. And it's it's their place to tell that story. But for me, I'm disappointed and I wish it would have went a different way. But I'm also not somebody that's constantly, you know how people are right now with like Star Wars and Game of Thrones where every moment they can't let it go if that show is mentioned or if that movie is mentioned they are constantly putting something berating up there i was never that way with it i i largely was done with it and and kind of stopped watching it and really i haven't revisited it that much since and i want to i want to but i i keep getting that stirring feeling where i'm watching some of these episodes and he mentions the mother and i'm like but it seems pointless. And the reason I I get that the overall story, Ted is in love with the the mother and they do have a good life together until she passes away and stuff. But we, we never got to see that, you know, we saw it in that like five minutes of the finale and then she dies. And that was really kind of the disappointing part for me is that the show was called how I met your mother. We were building up to that moment. They can't just say, well, that's not the real story. It was, Ted and Robin, because they made it very specific at times where they're like, oh, and we're going to build up to the mother. Oh, there's her ankle. There's her guitar. There's her umbrella, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And then it's like, well, guess what? You never actually get to see them together. And now she's dead. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, and she was like kinda... her big crush back then too. Yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head with all of it. Like did it didn't the show being how I met your mother should not end with how I met your mother married her. But in the end, I really just ended up with the person I was in love with from episode one. Right, and what that's what I loved thinking about I, it. <laughs> well, that's what I loved about episode <laughs> one of the show was that that twist is like, guess what? She isn't it, you know. And many times, whenever he thought I have to be with Robin, I would always be like, no, you don't, Ted. Your wife is out there somewhere, and Robin is not it. Like that was a cool twist on that whole mm-hmm. like, will they, won't they? And then they just throw that in the trash and say, well, actually, he does get with her. Yeah, it was just. It felt like the show just totally took a, you know, the show usually does throw a curveball in there, especially How I Met Your Mother, but this felt like a knuckleball, <laughs> and it missed, <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just remember you texting me that I wasn't going to like like it, <laughs> and I was like, that. Because I was it, watching I mean, it live, too. I was fuming. <laughs> in a way, I mean, they they built up the entire thing to where you, you kind of expected just such a, a great finish. Cause you know, like you mentioned, they have all these different little parts. Like this is her umbrella. This, you know, remember when he, he dates, um, her roommate, her roommate. And it's like, you're like, Oh my God. Like he was in the apartment of the mother. Like, yeah, they literally show her ankle. They're like, there's mm-hmm. her ankle. Like he's there. <laughs> like this is a, this is crazy. Like who could it be? And, Instead, they just kind of go like, you know, I I don't know if it, I don't remember who said it to me, but I, I was once told like the what they should have done that last season was half the wedding, half post wedding, and like oh, I had said that. Was it you? Yeah, yeah, like and I was and like that that really should have been what happened, you know, like you could have done it to where you actually got to see them live together and like have their life together, and you could see what happened with Barney. And and with him having a baby and like you could really play on their lives and see kind of how they, you know, you yeah, watch it was a lot. Were... Of, it was like a lot of development in the last half hour of the show because this was like a two part episode, I think. Right. So like what for people that don't know what I was telling Matt is if you take the, the finale, like the whole final season, which was stretched over uh, the wedding that whole time. And. One, there's so many filler episodes in that. There are so many that has nothing to do with anything. And they're like, well, what can they do in this hour of the wedding or the wedding day? If you cut that down to half the season, because in that final episode, they jumped like from what, 2013 to like 2030, right? So like they, they... they fill in like seven, 17 years there, but like there's a lot going on in that time. We we randomly get Barney with a kid in the last like 10 minutes of the show. We randomly get the mother dying. We, you know, if you set, stretch that out for the second half of the season, that doesn't feel as much of a gut punch. So you kind of then get, oh, what's Barney's and Robin's problem? Because that divorce came out of nowhere, by the way. Um, you can build up to that divorce. You can then build up to him having a child. And it kind of like, and, and while all of this, Ted is, you know, with the mother and we're kind of seeing bits of their life. And then you get the finale with the fallout and the death. And then the eventual kids saying, yeah, go for Robin. I think that would probably 
be better pacing where it doesn't feel as much of a like a slap for lack of a better word yeah oh, i'm fired up oh, i'm fired up now. <laughs> i want to go to reddit right now <laughs> you have woken the beast okay uh i guess we should probably get to some quotes um so that way matt can get to his trivia <laughs> <laughs> um Jeez, uh, I, I was really laughing at one of these quotes that I have written on here because I was, um, I, I didn't even watch the clip of it. I was just reading it and I was like, oh, this is such a good one. But anyway, m- what what I was saying is my, my um, all of my top five came from seasons one and two, actually. So that was the kind of pattern I found there. Uh, and that's m- my pattern for my top five quotes is actually, I think three of them come from uh, the pineapple incident. So I do want to get into that, but uh, I guess we'll start with, with Matt again here. And I think we did it the same way last time. We just went all through our five, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much of a, I guess like a top five. I just like five favorites. Yeah. Like kind of like quotes that I just enjoy and majority of them, if not all of them are Barney Stinson. Um, because I think he's the most quotable character. On yeah, the three of my world. five are, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, he's got just, like, some of the... One of my favorite ones, always, um, and I actually... The reason why I love this quote so much was... Um, so when I worked Rivers of Light, we would have to, like, make a, a sheet of where the cast members were working. And when you were the one that made it, you also could put, like, a little quote. And I usually liked to find, like random quotes instead of like the typical like super inspirational ones um and one time i was like looking up barney stinson and he says um he like he goes when i get sad i stop being sad and be awesome instead true story i almost put that one on there (laughs) (laughs) and also i'm not gonna lie like neil patrick harris delivery of a lot of these lines is amazing um and just like he's so calm with how he says things, but I used that quote and I even did like a little thing about it. And I was just like, you know, that's like great advice. Like, you know, if and when you're at work, if you're sad, you just you got to stop being sad and, you know, just go out there and be awesome. And like one of my the leader that was on like duty that night had no idea what how I met your mother was. And when I was applying for the job I have now, they called her to see, like, you know, ask about me. And she like mentioned how I used a quote like that, that I used that quote and how it was like inspirational for the cast, not realizing that I was quoting Barney Stinson, who's a male whore. I um, love that they <laughs> said that's inspirational. <laughs> that's um, not even like a, you just stop being sad and be awesome. Like that's not even inspirational, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then, like, uh, one of my, it's not in my top on the episodes I said, but the, the third wheel episode, there's a lot in the very beginning of that episode that I always remembered when it came to the different little lines. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, one of them is, like, because Robin, uh, Robin's trying to go on a date, and she's like, you know, I don't shave my leg for the first three dates. If I don't shave, I don't misbehave. And Barney's playing Wii with Marshall, and he just, like, so quickly just goes fyi men don't care they want they just want to get to the green they don't mind going (laughs) through the rough and um and in that same episode there's also because again they're playing we tennis and barney's like the real women didn't last a fortnight and marshall goes british words are cool also their lawyers wear wigs 
I wore I wear wore a wig once at work and they laughed at me. And I don't know what it is about that episode, but there's so much about it when um, they're running up the stairs or he's going coming up the stairs with the two girls and they're all kind of like panicking. And Barney's like, they're running up or no, Marshall goes, they're running up the SARS like and he doesn't know what that is. And they, they like all freak out about it. And that, that one itself, episode itself is one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, like a lot of them, I, I don't have the whole quote because I know that's it's impossible, I think, to probably find it. But the hot crazy scale, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Barney doing the hot crazy scale is also one of my top ones um, when it comes to just, I, I just love how he explains it. And he's so, he it's so calming. Like he the way he explains it all is just so relaxing. He's just like, let me explain it to you. A girl is allowed to be a certain amount crazy as long as she's equally hot. And he just kind of like <laughs> goes about it. And he's just like, she wants to be above this diagonal. The Vicky Mendoza that di- is like mm-hmm. the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. And he's like, and like, there's a wiki here that kind of has it where he's like, he dated a girl who jumped back and forth between shaving her head. And then she lost 10 pounds. <laughs> Got me with a fork and got a boob job <laughs> like the way he just says it and then and another thing that i just love was so the, like all the high fives i know logan and i or i know that like all three of us we would always talk about like the different high fives like the the hypothetical high five and he's like mm-hmm. nice <laughs> and then he jumped, like the the phone five on the uh liberty bell episode and he's like and he, he's like i can tell when you don't phone five ted and and there was actually another quote that I found from that one. And let me see where it was. When he's like, Ted, look, our forefathers died for the pursuit of happiness, not the sit around and wait of happiness. <laughs> now, if you want to go to the same bar, drink the same beer, talk to the same people every day, or you can lick the Liberty Bell, you can grab life by the crack and lick the crap out of it. Like those, it, it really is. The first two seasons have so many lines yep. that mm-hmm. are quotable. And I, I really do feel like majority of them are Barney. Um, just cause like the little things he says with the, like the get psych mix where he's just, um, or even just, I think there's the episode where he, he's sending the picture to Ted of him, like looking, he's got like, yeah. ears on his eyes and he's just like looking at him. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't, the difference for me with the show is that I, I never really had like quotes, I guess that were like top five type of quotes it was more right, just right. what did barney say like what what did barney say that i just loved so much because i i love the characters a lot but at the same time i there wasn't lines and like interchanges that i felt like i could rank similar with friends but i've also not watched how i met your mother in a long time yeah and so it, it's it's hard to for me to even find some of the quotes because i've probably only watched the episodes maybe twice Mm-hmm. Because I got so pissed off at the end that I still I don't think I've watched a full episode of the show since the finale. Yeah, I don't think I've watched I've watched maybe I know I've watched the pineapple incident since then. And I know I've watched the pilot and purple giraffe since then. But I, I yeah, I, I'm not I, I can't get through a lot of them without thinking of that finale. Um so here's here's some of mine here, uh, not in really any order, but I love Barney saying it's going to be legend. Wait for it, and I hope you're not lactose intolerant because yeah. the second half of that word is dairy. <laughs> uh, and here here's one of my favorite ones that really this is the one I was talking about that really made me laugh during this uh, 
when I was just reading it. It's uh, Jesus waited three days to come back to life. It was perfect. <laughs> if he had only waited one day, a lot of people wouldn't have heard that he died. They'd be like, hey, Jesus, what's up? And Jesus would be like, what up? I died yesterday. And it'd be like, oh, you look pretty alive to me, dude. And then Jesus would have to explain how he was resurrected and how it was a miracle. And the dude would be like, uh, okay, whatever you say, bro. And he's not going to come back on a Saturday. Everybody's busy doing chores, working the loom, treating the, trimming the beard. No, he waited the perfect number of days, three. Plus it's Sunday. So everybody's in church already. And they're all like, oh, no. Jesus is dead. And then, bam, he bursts in the back door, running up the aisle. No. <laughs> Everyone's totally psyched. FYI, that's when he invented the high five. And that's why we wait three days to call a woman, because that's how long Jesus wanted us to wait. True story. Um, I love Ted saying that Robin should be one of the minutes for 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, Marshall saying... Damn it, Trudy, what about the pineapple is up there for me as well. <laughs> yep, yep. And Barney saying, Daddy's home. I say that every time I walk into the house now with my dogs. Is that when he's wearing the, the Top Gun outfit? No, I think it's in the pineapple. And I think he goes over to them while Trudy is sitting there and just says, Daddy's home. And they're like, like, no or something. And then he's oh. like, well, you just gave me your number and your name is whatever and then she goes he goes back and tries to convince uh ted that it worked oh that's where um oh my god so that's like where ted, he's like let's go talk to those girls and ted's like what's our big opening line and barney's just like daddy's, uh, home. daddy's home <laughs> another one that um i remember that we used to do a lot on uh the college program was though we are international business men. yeah we are international business men. on international business <laughs> Let's lick the Liberty Bell. That Liberty Bell episode has, I think, I don't know why, but like that one feels to me as like one of those similar to like the one where no one's ready, where there's so many like little things. Like Barney says all of his big lines in those, that one, I think. I think he does like suit up and, and legendary. Like he does all of his big lines in that episode. Doesn't he come out of the bag in that one too at the very end? Yeah, because like he goes, uh, I actually have it. It's like, um, what is it? Uh, That's also the one with the with the phone that you were saying too. I think where he was yeah. doing the eyes thing when yeah, they're on the uh, plane or something. Ted's like, wait. So when you said we were going to pick up someone at the airport, you meant you were going to pick someone up at the airport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, airport bar flight attendants. They'll get your tray table in its full upright position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh jeez, uh, Logan, your favorite quotes? Yeah, so uh, one of them is uh, Marshall's. Um, I like a. I think Marshall ends up being my favorite out of all of them. But his one of his best quote is Ted. The only people in the universe that haven't seen Star Wars are the characters in Star Wars. That's because <laughs> they lived in Ted. That's because they lived the Star Wars. So one of my favorite, and that's when he's talking to Ted about Stella, and Stella hasn't seen Star Wars, so. That's a that's a big one. Um, another one is Lily. She says, "On Monday, I'm gonna have to tell my kindergarten class who I tell not to run with scissors how my fiance ran me through with a freaking broadsword <laughs> when him and Ted are fighting with the swords because they hurt arguing. Yeah. I think they're arguing about moving out or something, aren't they? Uh, who should get the apartment? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's 
that's one. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Matt, of course, took one of mine. Um, with sorry. The not being sorry. Um, that's a good one. Um, so that's probably my number three. Um, and then I, I think number two, uh, I don't know. It would probably have to be um, legendary. Wait for it. The the one that you did, mm-hmm. um, Jordan. And then you took. Um, but number one, I'm trying to think if it. Hold on, let me find it. I, I lost it. I had it. I lost it. The heck, I can't no, remember. No, we should buy one. a bar. That was like your most important oh, yeah, ones, it. There guys. It is. There it is. Yep, there it is. <laughs> that's it. That is it. Yeah. So no, we should buy a bar. We should totally buy a bar. Uh, and then I was watching an episode today that I forgot that they do it. But it's like when, um, I think it's when Ted and them are when he almost loses his job. Or yeah, it's when he and Barney are about to lose their jobs, and all of them go. We should buy a bar. We should totally buy a bar. So that's a, uh, that's a really good one. What what I like about How I Met Your Mother is how how the characters are more, I guess, dorky than uh, friends at times. Like friends, they don't ever like. I think if one of them had mentioned Star Wars, they would probably uh, make fun of each other for it. Except, I mean, they do the Princess Leia thing, but that's in a more sexual way. But mm-hmm. in this, like, Barney, Marshall, and Ted get together every however many years and watch the whole trilogy together, you know? Like, as a Star Wars fan, that was really cool when I was growing mm-hmm. up and see that. And, um, you know, it was just like the... You know, a lot of people try to say it's just friends and that what Ted's Ross and and Marshall is Chandler, but that doesn't really hold up. And that Barney is Joey and stuff like that. But they're like better. Versions, they're very different. Though. I like even if you tried to comp- like even if people tried to compare them, like Barney's such a like I honestly one of my favorite little things that Barney would do was when they would ask him what his job is, and he just goes, <laughs> "Please." Yeah. <laughs> just like, and then that's it. Like they don't even go like. Why did you just say please? Like they just like continue on with it. He's just like, huh? Please. Like it's well, that's like little... that's like the quote that I was trying to get through to you guys the other day, but I don't think either of you got it. When they're, it's when Ted and Lily and them are sitting around, and I forget what exactly what they're talking about, but Ted goes, "Lily, come on." And he's, she's like, "No, Ted, I don't know what you're talking about." He goes, "Lily, come on." And then she's like, "Ted, I have no idea what you're talking, Lily." Come on. <laughs> yeah, what is it's, that from? I forget exactly what they're talking about. Because I remember that. I just don't remember why. Uh, you said it's the one where he's trying to... Because um, he thought he had kissed her in freshman oh, year yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But he, he kissed somebody it. else or whatever. Yeah, too much tongue guy. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget what they call her. But yeah, that was a good one. Because he goes, Lily, come on. And then at the end... Um, they do the same thing because uh, Lily's talking to that girl and she's like, come on. And he's like, here she goes, what? I, I didn't kiss. I, I kissed Ted. And was that's like, how I met everybody else in season three. Yeah, that's, that's a good episode. episode yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like, in, like Jordan, I mean, like you said it best, though, like the, the best quotes probably come from seasons one and two of that show. I, I, I think if you sat there and watched seasons one and two. I don't know how you can't be interested in enough to at least watch a few more seasons. Right, right. The the comedy and the storytelling aspect. My um, so on on my second college program, um, my roommate, uh, the uh, guy Jay who lives with me right now, he um, he watched all of How I Met Your Mother on the college program. Mm. 
and he did it in such a quick manner too. How pissed was he at the end? <laughs> I honestly like I don't know if I remember how he felt about the ending, but like he he would binge the entire season in one day. Like uh, I got close to that with friends. This <laughs> I think it, that's impressive. If I had to pick though, I think I could binge How I Met Your Mother a lot better than Friends. Uh, it depends for me, really, because I think what I like right now about Friends is that I'm able to just watch, like, watch them without really, like, uh, I think over the 10 seasons, Friends is more consistent th- than How I Met Your Mother for me, but I-, I think, I think it's easier for me right now to watch Friends, because one, it's been a while, really, since I've seen it, but also, I don't have that dread of the finale <laughs> but just that uh, also without it being heavy heavily serialized at times i'm able to just kind of watch when i can watch you know like how much your mother does very good with the continuity and stuff but like there's times where i'm not really wanting to think as much <laughs> <laughs> like a saturday when i watch 23 episodes in a day or whatever you know <laughs> But yeah, it's honestly, I I, I, I kind of want to watch it all again. Yeah, I think I might do that after um, after Friends here. I wish they'd put it on Disney Plus. I just don't want to watch it with ads, but I don't want to get the non. I don't want to get like the pay out the butt for the non ad Hulu. How would Disney wait? Is it does is it because it's on Hulu that since Disney owns Hulu that they could. They no because they own 20th Century Fox, who makes uh, who made How I Met Your Mother. So Even it's it on CBS. Maybe that doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't. Yeah. So the way that it typically works, and now doesn't work this way as much because people are wising up. I think. But so you would try to sell a uh, show to a studio. The studio would make the show, or at least like you know, the studio would work with you to make the show or like pitch it to a network. Yeah. And uh, then the studio is ultimately the ones that owns the rights. That's why, like, if uh, in the example of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, while it was on Fox, it actually was produced by NBC Universal. So when Fox dropped it, uh, they started shopping it around other places to try to get another show. And it made sense for NBC because NBC doesn't have to pay the studio really much at all because it's technically going into their own bank account because they own the studio. So the parent company wins in that in that type of thing, you know? Huh. Uh, so 20th Century Fox also has stuff like, um, uh, you know, Simpsons, Family Guy, uh, Modern Family, even though that was on ABC, that was a Fox show. Um, uh, the uh, How I Met Your Mother, a um, whole bunch of shows really that, 20th Century Fox produces a lot of them. While, like, Friends was produced by Warner Brothers, which is why it's going on to HBO. Because HBO owns is owned by Warner Brothers. And uh, even though it was on NBC, it wasn't an NBC Universal product. So that kind of... That's why, like, a lot of times now, a lot of those places will take more risk. Like, um, so Last Man Standing was a 20th Century Fox show. I don't watch it, but I know you do, Logan, right? So. Yeah. So that's why ABC canceled it. ABC canceled it because it was too expensive for them to, one, it was getting into the later seasons, which means contracts go up for all these people. And they also have to, um, uh, they had to license the show from 20th Century Fox, who was the, uh, the, the 
person that actually produced it. So then when ABC canceled it, it went to Fox because Fox is like, well, we own Fox and we own 20th Century Fox. And then Fox got bought by Disney and now actually it'd probably be cheaper for it to be on ABC again. But uh, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy how that works out. Um, regardless, yeah, so that's why um, Disney could put it on Disney+. Plus. They sent out a survey for people that don't know. They sent out a survey saying, would you watch How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, Malcolm in the Middle, and some other show? If we put it on Disney Plus and it would ask people like, you know, you put it on like, I think a scale of one to 10 or whatever. Yes, I would very likely watch it or I wouldn't. Um, so it means that they are thinking of it. You know, they are thinking of putting it on there. It could be on both, to be honest. I, I don't see why you couldn't put it on both. I know that there's some risque stuff in there, but if they have other shows that are TV 14 on Disney Plus, I mean, Boy Meets World even has dealt with some stuff that was yeah, a little... The biggest than, thing would be the biggest one would might be the naked the naked man. Even then, it's censored. You know, like you never really. Uh, yeah. I think the thing that would probably prohibit it more is the references to like masturbating and and yeah, Barney's innuendo can get yeah a little... stuff like that. But no, the thing is, as York? as a kid, you don't what's understand up, it. New York. We will be what is up. New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a kid wouldn't understand it anyway. I think sometimes That's parents true. are too yeah. sensitive with that stuff. It's like, just because you get it doesn't mean you're It would be it. funny, though, to jump off the airplane and have little Charlie go, I'm going to be what's up, New York. <laughs> oh, cute little Charlie. Um, uh, we will so, be what is up, New York. So, I mean, I have the DVDs. I just don't really feel like, you know, fishing them out right now. So I would yeah. probably watch it on Hulu. It's actually on sale on uh, on iTunes for $45, I think, too, the complete series. Dang. Yeah, really good deals right now with, with some of that stuff. Um, so, but I would love for them to put it on Disney+. Plus. I mean, Disney+, Plus needs the content anyway. I don't see mm -hmm. why, you know, just block it from the kids' view. You know how they have, like, the kids' accounts? You could right. block it from there, and you could have, it's TV-14. It's not anything super, like, rated R or anything. Uh, I, I mean, that'd be pretty, it might even get people to subscribe to it. Yeah. You know, subscribing to Disney Plus is cheaper than Hulu without ads, so maybe that's something that would produce people. There are some shows that are on both Hulu and Netflix or Hulu and Amazon, so, I mean, they could put it on both. But I'm curious to see if anything comes from that survey because they had actually originally announced that Malcolm in the Middle was going to be a launch title for Disney Plus, and it's, I think it's on Hulu right now, so I don't know what stopped that. And why they never mention it. But it is what it is. Cool. So anything else about How I Met Your Mother? I don't think so. I mean, we kind of went into our... I think our biggest pet peeve was how it ended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? I was really digging it up until the divorce scene, which is literally halfway through the finale. Like, I was like, okay, everything's kind of working out okay here. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> And then it really started going downhill for me, and I was like, they almost stuck the landing. And then it, like, just crashed. And it, it's weird, too, because, like, I mean, like, some of my main issues with friends was some of the relationships. But I think if there's only one, I think the only relationship I really wasn't a big fan of was Stella. Oh, I liked Stella. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's how it ended that really got me. Mm -hmm. I think, like, I understand, like, that that is something that would occur, but I, it's just, like, it felt like the way it ended was so, 
it, she honestly, it felt like an awful person. I was yeah, like, yeah. And I guess kind of, um, who is the character that played the, the captain's wife? What was her? Oh yeah. Who was that? Because I, I, one of the things I loved about the captain thing was how like he would look happy on one end, and then he would yeah, look yeah. Sad. Oh yeah, you mean? Um, I just watched these episodes. What's she her plays name? Zoe. Too. It's Zoe. Like, like Jennifer Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's from uh, yeah. She's the one from Once from, Upon uh, a Time. Yeah. yeah. She was. I don't know. I guess like she was also kind of a little bit of annoying because it like. It just, it seemed like one of those instances where you're like, you're not right for Ted. Like, there's no reason. Yeah, they get after, like, they're they're after it from the get, and then they start dating, and then they're after it again. It was more like a brother love-hate kind of thing. And well, they, like, well, and I think what it is, too, they, they, they pretty much set up a lot of these people to be his, be the mother in case if they got canceled. Because really, they were in constant fear of getting canceled until like season four or five which then they really start like so like stella was set up to be able to be the mom victoria was set up to be able to be the mom like they really had to pull like in case if they were able if the case they got canceled that they could just put it over like bob saget saying and that's how i met your mother <laughs> like they were they were really uh worried about that so they kind of kept introducing these things and i think that's where it kind of gets old after a while is while you're in the middle of the show, you're like, look, we know this isn't the mother. Why are we wasting our time with this stuff? And yeah. it, it kind of does hit that point where it's like, well, now we're famous. Now we're a good show that keeps getting renewed. We got to kind of prolong it. So they throw in these relationships like the Zoe one, which ultimately goes nowhere. And, you know, it, and it's just got just to fill time, really. It kind of felt like Barney had better relationships than Ted. It felt like I don't know. Maybe that's like I. I felt like some of Bar like Barney. Other than Nora, who who? Or maybe who else I mean, really, I guess it was just Nora and Robin. But like, I I felt like Robin was better with Barney. Uh yeah. I mean, I was fine with them being together. Actually, I was like, okay, that's cool because now you know, um, Ted and Robin can't get together. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I liked, I really liked Lily and, and Marshall in the first season or two. Um, Marshall, for me, was probably my favorite throughout the first two seasons. Um, then he kind of gets stuck into some plots where you're just like, you know, it, it's not as good. And he becomes a little bit, you know, where they really start sticking to his thing of just being weird with the whole, like... Um, Oh, what's it called? The, uh, like, Bigfoot and stuff. They really kind of start hammering home that kind of stuff, I think, later on in the show. Yeah. I don't have a... I don't know who my favorite is. I really do like Ted, but a lot of people hate him. One of my favorite running things is him with the cowboy boots. <laughs> I think Barney. I just... I love how Barney is. Barney was up there for me until he... I don't know. Was, I like that they gave him growth, but also there was times where it was um, where you missed the old Barney. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, yeah, so there's only five characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something a little different. A lot of shows have the six. Yeah, I know. It's always weird because, like, you're like, uh, you would think there would be another girl. And it does seem like, I think because Ted dates so many people, that there's always seems to be the random girl that's around. Or, um, And I know there's that time where they go through and they're, you know, Kevin's around right now, which is the the Robin's therapist that she ends up dating. And then Nora's around. Cal Penn, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, I think there's a lot of episodes with Zoe and, uh, and Stella's got a big part in it. So it feels like Ted's always got you know, that extra person um, hanging around. And then there's even an episode about it when Ted has all those girls. Um, I think it is Ted, right? Yeah, Ted, when he's got all the girls around and they're in there and Lily's trying to take a picture and um, Ted's always got somebody random that they don't want in the picture. Oh, um, that's the one with um, Barney's perfect. <laughs> he always yeah. takes a perfect photo. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? You mentioning that with the relationships, that actually makes me think of something that Matt mentioned in the Friends one last week is is how he would always look at a person that was, you know, the whoever they were dating at the time and see if they could fit into the group. I think How I Met Your Mother did that stuff more often where maybe that's why, like you said, we don't feel the miss of the sixth person because you're always getting somebody and they're always constantly hanging out with the rest of them compared mm -hmm. to like friends where you might get like only scenes with like Janice and Chandler or only scenes right. with Janice Chandler and Joey. And then like maybe Ross doesn't even run into Janice that much during that four episodes or whatever, you know? And then, but with like these runs with like the, it's almost like Richard and friends where he was kind of hanging out with them all, all the time. Uh, you know, I think you get more of that type of stuff with like Stella, Victoria, and all these characters that Ted dates and that like Barney starts dating, where they really implement them into the into the group for those twelve episodes or however many they they are in. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, I guess maybe uh, next week. Do we want to do Star Wars? Star Wars. Yeah, works for me. Love it. Cool, yeah. So we'll do Star Wars. We'll probably talk like... Uh, I know we did before, like, movie rankings. I guess we could reiterate those if those have changed. But um, I guess also if we... I'll, I'll maybe just send you guys some stuff of, like, favorite, um, you know, characters, favorite Jedi, favorite non-Jedi, stuff like that, and we can go in on it, I guess. Um other than that, thank you for listening to this long discussion that was mostly a rant of the final episode. And have a great rest <laughs> of your week. Uh.